0: Yep. Well, where where would they do that, Rob?
1: Well, pretty much Robert, any address. Sorry, they I th- don't know why of. I say Rob
0: all the time, Robert. Where would th- here? I'll you know what th- th- that part I will actually cut out. Where would they do that, Robert? They're <laughs> uh, gonna have to cut out this too. <laughs> all right, one more time, <laughs> serious face now. Where would they do?
2: <laughs> 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 Welcome to the Successful Users Podcast. Featuring Samuel Hewlett and Robert Graham.
1: All right. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Successful Users Podcast. I am Robert, and I am Samuel. How are you today, Samuel?
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I'm all right. I got a little, little, little bit of the a little stuffy nose.
1: Some sniffles.
0: I've got a, a sniffle here or sniffle. there. But uh yeah. I'm a professional. I'm gonna try to make it uh just, just go right through it. Almost as if you, you would never know.
1: Yeah, this is like the bloody sock game. This is gonna be an incredible performance. Shilling style. Yeah. Yep. Alright. Uh I'm really pumped that you you caught the reference. I wasn't I wasn't sure. Yeah. Well it was rumored
0: that it was that like it was ketchup, right?
1: Yeah, the the staged bloody sock,
0: right? Like uh, pretty... Paul Pierce in the wheelchair.
1: <laughs> yeah, that stuff's pretty edgy. Yeah. Um, so but, the topic you know... today
0: is uh, top ten oh, no. oh, uh, fake no. I injuries. Almost...
1: <laughs> I I was gonna stop you before you revealed the real topic, but I'm glad that you know we're not serious here. Uh, but I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. our, our gracious listeners have uh, thrown up a couple of five-star reviews. Uh, no. We have one from from a Boston buyer uh, who says that we have great rapport, deliver real content, and that the editing and production is hilarious. Oh. Uh, so thanks to Boston buyer. We appreciate it. Uh, and then we have another from a creative well, and director. Real, just
0: real quick, just want to let Do you guys it. know, the editing is all all home cooking. We don't outsource. Well, we don't outsource anything in this podcast. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, when you're if you're sitting there thinking the editing's good, that's uh, that's that's no third party. That's that's all homebrew. That's,
1: that's true. It's all duct tape and spit over here. Yep, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so, so we got another review from uh, Mr. P. Shat, uh, creative director. He says the info is incredibly valuable and delivered in a way that makes me laugh out loud. So. Thanks to him, kind words. Good on you, Shat. Yeah, I like a good laugh. So I'm I'm glad to hear people think we're funny. That's good.
0: There you have it. Well, uh, isn't that delightful?
1: I am delighted, sir. So, Samuel, what is the topic today? Did we did we exchange emails about that again? There's a rumor. We did.
0: Yeah, this time this time we have gotten right on the same page as regarding the topic.
1: Excellent. Uh, actually, before we jump into the topic, though, I'm digging in the mailbag, and there appears to be something there. Ooh, so that was kind of a -a rope-a-dope move there, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, since you started the flea flicker move, I decided I needed some moves of my own. Yeah, that was more like Lucy and the football, but okay, go for it. (laughs) It's it's a tease. It's an open loop. It was. People are thinking about it. Hey, why don't you tell us the
0: topic? Well, before you do... It uh, just happened to <laughs> – it did add a little suspense. Now I don't know what's going to happen in this podcast.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Lost in the wilderness, our listeners are. As are um, we. <laughs> indeed. So uh, I'm doing my best here. Mr. Fares G- Gondor, uh, he asks uh, a question about how jobs to be done can be applied to like a newer business – and he says in the end his real question is what's the difference between jobs to be done or the job to be done and the value proposition of a business.
0: Yeah. I've got a I I I I have a take on that.
1: I I have a take prepared as well. Uh well my I'm good sir offer... I defer to you. <laughs> I like this. I'm I was preemptively deferred. <laughs> uh <laughs> So so I think the difference here, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like a a broad stroke and then try to fill in with a couple examples quickly. Uh, so I think the job to be done is the human desire that you're fulfilling, and you should think more like Maslow's pyramid than the save time and money kind of value prop that you'd see uh, for a lot of business type uh, products. Um, so the value prop is a direct business problem or pain that you're solving. So the canonical example of the milkshake, it can solve hunger and nutrition, uh, but there are plenty of alternatives that are tastier, cheaper, healthier. Uh, so the commuters were buying milkshakes specifically to burn extra time in the car, to feel full, to sort of bridge the gap between the meals. Um, and that kind of insight lets you build around and integrate around knowing why they're picking this particular thing and the job that they're actually using it to get done. Uh, And then another example, we had earlier episodes where Samuel discussed his car purchase. Uh, So I wanted to go away from the the example everyone uses. So cars can solve transportation problems, deliver, like, other types of value to people as well, like, you know, bringing things, places uh, besides themselves. Uh, But there are a lot of alternatives, obviously, when you buy a car. So the Prius that Samuel selected uh, addressed.
0: We don't have to mention that every time.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, the, the vehicle, the, <laughs> the trendy, excellent vehicle, trusty vehicle, Samuel purchased. The, uh, uh
0: I, I, the, the Tesla-like car that I got. How about that?
1: <laughs> I have a joke, uh, with somebody that, uh, that they bought a Tesla, but then they retrofitted it with a, a 98 Honda body kit. <laughs> and, and a backup, uh, uh, a gas engine. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah was a full retrofitting uh, <laughs> so anyway the the unknown car Samuel purchased and then and then kitted out to look like a Prius uh <laughs> delivered safety and peace of mind on the jobs to be done side uh one of the interesting things to note is that as as we note in the interview, the positioning around that particular car was more about eco friendly things and not about uh the job that it seemed like Samuel wanted done so uh, if you did more interviews, you might find out if that represented an opportunity in that space.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good example. So so one might say that the value proposition of a Prius, not that I have one necessarily, but were I to <laughs> the value proposition of a Prius may be that it is one of the most uh, ecologically friendly cars. Um, I wound up getting a Prius to solve certain problems in my life. and uh, it, fit, it fit a need that I had, uh, but uh, the ecological part of it, was actually, I would almost go so far as to say, irrelevant at best. So that's, a, a, I think, a good example of the value proposition being the um, kind of the description of the, the benefit that the car provides or the primary angle that it takes, uh, not really being in alignment necessarily, or, or not even, uh, let me see, not having to be the same thing as the job that I needed to have done, which was just to have a reliable uh, e- e- economically friendly car that you know had a couple nice little perks at it as well. So, right. In any case, my my answer to to uh, to the question is much simpler, which is that the value proposition is uh, describing your product. The job to be done is describing the need of the person that your product ostensibly exists to serve.
1: I like that. All right. We gonna Way to tie a bow on it. There you go. Anything else in the mailbag? Uh, I think I think we're good with questions for now. But uh, we encourage everybody that's listening to drop us a line.
0: There you go. Where would they do that, Robert?
1: Uh, well, pretty much whatever creative name they want to think of at successfulusers.com will get to us, and we'll uh, personally answer everything we can. So via email. Via email.
0: What about Twitter? If those are if those listening uh, the re- well, they're so
1: inclined, uh, well, we have an at successful users. It's out there doing some tweeting, living large. Tweet so, me. hit us up there as well. Tweet us tweet us up. Right on. There you go. All
0: right. So, that business out of the way. Thank you to the to the five-star reviewers. Actually, I would be I would appreciate any review. I'm, well, maybe not like a one-star review, but if you're getting out there with a three over or a four, God bless you. That's fine with
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three, three, and fours need not apply. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, just email Samuel directly.
0: Yeah, or just yeah, exactly. Just, just, or just like tweet at us and just say the words three stars.
1: Three stars. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All um, right. Or just find find a podcast you like instead.
0: Yeah, there's that too. I guess if you can't say something nice, I don't know, but like a four star review, it's like yeah, it's mostly positive, right?
1: Yeah, I'm probably not broken up about four stars.
0: Yeah, any I, I'll take whatever we can get.
1: <laughs> I I can't really share that sentiment. I'm because you know why I, little...
0: I like I like getting constructive criticism that helps me improve. Uh, I don't I don't want to just surround myself with yes men. So you you got the you got a five star review, you take a hike. I don't need it.
1: Uh, I think you can appreciate something while still supplying feedback about, you know, the warts that it has. Right. sometimes.: So I think Robert and I are very much on the same page here. Too, just, if
0: you've got a five-star review, you just keep that under a bushel. We don't. We, no five-star reviews needed around here.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: All right. So if I may introduce the topic this time.
1: Uh, well, I think it's tips for retention.
0: Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, kicking me when I'm down. Got my head cold. <laughs> got my, my, uh, off my game already today. All right, here we go. Well, well, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jump out there. Why don't, uh, why don't you, why don't you lead it off? Tip, we got, you got five do's and or don'ts. Or I guess do's, you have five do's or don'ts regarding customer retention I've got five do's or don'ts regarding customer retention, and I think for to to put kind of put a put a what, what would you call it like the uh, the 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 out of bounds lines on a football field for this conversation. We're gonna say it starts when somebody starts paying for your product. So if you have a free trial, we're not covering the trial part. Just boom. Once once they have forked over the dough, how do you keep them doing that?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess another thing we could throw out there is that i'm i'm assuming that since we're talking about retention we mean customers that are paying for an ongoing service as a as opposed to what uh well i mean you could have like like retailers and e-commerce they have retention metrics as well
0: yeah well i don't know i i guess so (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a pretty big business in fact.
0: Yeah, I just don't know if that's really I don't know if
1: people yeah, are I'm tuning just, in for I'm for real tips our our field here. I'm helping you out. Oh, I see. Okay, well thank you. <laughs> so so uh, yeah. Well, I would defer, but you would just defer too, so I'll go ahead. Thank you.
2: Tip number 1.
1: So my my first tip is uh really a flyer on something Kathy Sierra was really big at, on uh, a couple years ago at Business of Software. Oh.
0: Um,
1: so she thinks that you should get your users to do something meaningful in 30 minutes of using your application. Uh, and that's not my direct tip, but it's it's highly related to that, and I think that's a really great thing to strive for. Um, but I think you should, in addition to striving for that, you should measure your initial value and the path to that value. Uh, So if you are say, FreshBooks, uh, the value people are getting out of FreshBooks is actually tracking things and creating invoices. Um, So if people aren't getting to do those tasks, then they're not really getting value out of FreshBooks. Um, There are lots of different examples you could give, but I I think that kind of gives you a good enough one. Um, The other thing you wanna keep an eye Eye on is not just what's getting done and the path to get there, but also who's doing it. So there's a lot. There's a lot to the who part. Um, there's a There's a few different things here that you might want to stratify on. Uh, some accounts are actually just worth more to you. Uh, your biggest accounts. Uh, so is, are
0: this, be... is this is this do or don't number two, or is this just a, it's all it's a meta do or don't. Um.
1: Uh, I I guess it's meta. Are you Ooh.
0: are you detracting from the do or don't? I would well no. I'm I'm just trying I'm just trying to get just trying to track. I, I'm a little I'm a little bit a little bit having trouble because we were saying the first thirty minutes that would unless if, you mean the first thirty minute, minutes after somebody pays or just ever.
1: Uh no I so so I I'm like an offshoot of that. I said that wasn't my my do or don't. So my, my do or don't is actually measuring the, the path to value and, and that users are getting value initially. Gotcha, and then segment. Yeah, and you know, so some accounts are worth more. Uh, some accounts, depending on how your application is structured, might have a different path to get to the value. Uh, and attaching to that, there's a time piece here, So different cohorts, people that signed up at different times. They may see different tests. They may see different versions of the application, so you need to be able to stratify to see how that's going with with time-based cohorts, um, and that'll let you do a lot of, a lot of uh, seeing where people fall off and understanding, you know, how you can help people to be more successful and get more out of your application, or product.
0: Yeah, I like the segmenting part because look, look let's face it. Some some uh, some pigs are more equal than others. Oh no! Wait no. Some animals are more equal than others. I e pigs, e g pigs. I'm all over the place today. So e g means like for example, right?
1: Yeah. And i you e just means said like for in, example. Then. In other words, well,
0: I like to try to I like to try to spice it up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And also, yes, okay. e.g., e.g., almost like if you, if you were just pronouncing it like "ug" like it's spelled, then you're like, oh, for example, that's how I remember it. And I, that's how you can, too.
1: I, you certainly could. That is an excellent device. There, is a, there is
0: a weird energy in this episode. <laughs> I'm going to just come <laughs> out and say it. Uh, but yeah, but I like the idea of segmenting because it's like, look, I, got, I, can only, I can only shower my adulation and, and care on so many people, so i got to pick the good ones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and sometimes I think the good ones might be, you know, the ones that are worth the most in dollar terms, and sometimes it might be, you know, the most recent ones after you make a big change. Yeah.
0: So the pigs thing was in regards to uh, Animal Farm, if that, if that, was, if that sounded weird.
1: I I thought you were just going back to pork chop downs. But...
0: <laughs> oh, if only! I should Some have. pigs are
1: more equal than yeah. others.
0: Could you? Yeah. Could you? Could, could you put Oreos. this like in terms of pork chop downs for me? Could you explain it to me like <laughs> in a pork chop downs metaphor?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, if you're unfamiliar with pork chop downs, oh, right. <laughs> to our surveys episode. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I I, mean, I almost like the idea of like, look, if you don't get the inside joke, just go back. You got to work your way through the archives.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a hidden gem.
0: Yeah. But yeah, yeah, to Robert's Point. What what episode was that? That was uh that was uh, part that was the uh surveys one.
1: You Yeah, you it was I said surveys, yeah. Well, I was hey, we think I not we laughing. had like episode like which one was that? What's that? You would think that we had, like, 50 episodes, you yeah. know, to sort out. Yeah, which of the, uh, yeah. of the other two. four?
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Awesome. So. All right, so tip number two.
2: Tip number two.
0: Tip number two. So let's see here. How So many tips to choose from. Which one will I make number two? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to come with a don't how does that sound?
1: How dare you, sir?
0: I, normally, I'm so upbeat and positive. I'm a regular UX Pollyanna, but not today, friend. I'm coming in hot with a don't.
1: I like that. I like how you use the word friend even in anger.
0: Right. Almost like calling like anybody Jack, whether that's their name or not. Like, Watch, <laughs> watch out, Jack. I'm coming for you.
1: All right. All right. So, I'm, I'm here for you.
0: My my first, I think this might be my first ever don't, or at least at least it's the first one that I realized was a don't before. I was like, "Oh, you know, I guess that's kind of a don't." So, <laughs> my first ever my first ever premeditated don't is don't rely on sending out swag as your primary customer retention strategy.
1: Oh, I guess I'm going to have to cross off all the other ones I have here. So we may need so to, you, 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 to reboot you, yours was like I don't
0: know. Measure delivering value and segment people.
1: <laughs> and then t-shirts, pins, mugs <laughs> all I had.
0: Right. So I have, t- yeah, I'm going to start off with two do's in one, and then I'm just going to list four different <laughs> kinds of swag. <laughs> so the um, reason the reason this is a don't is that it's uh, it's, it's, very, it's, a, it's a prevalent thing in startup land. And look, you're proud of yourself, you're excited about what you're building, of course you're going to make some nice polo tees with your logo embroidered on it and send it out to everybody. And like, you're probably not going to make the money back that you get from that, but maybe somebody sees somebody wearing one one day and asks about it and then it leads to a $300,000 deal, great. You want to you play the lotto? That's fine with me. The issue, to me, to my mind, is when you equate the excitement that someone gets when they open it with them being satisfied customers. There's a very big difference between receiving value and kind of the uh, the cheap thrills that you might be able to send to them. So, if your business model or uh, if your uh, va- uh, business offering, shall I say, does not heavily involve sending gifts to people, then sending gifts to people is not necessarily helping you really uh, identify that that your business offering is uh, spinning like a top.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to throw in a bonus tip here. All right. Uh, we like to talk on the podcast a lot about doing things in context. And so I'm going to say, if you're going to send out swag, you should make an effort to do it in context. So give it to customers that are going to an event or something where... Other people who could be customers might have the chance to strike up a conversation with them uh, or be at those events. Be speaking, be there, give out some swag. You know, connect with people in context in a way where the swag is a little more meaningful and not necessarily a cheap thrill. It's, you know, like you want a customer that's happy and getting value and wants to wear the swag because they think your stuff is great. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I I would also say... I would also say, uh, step through if you can't step up. I would not uh, send out a bunch of crappy, crappy T-shirts that are, uh, you know, like mostly polyester, and they only come in large to everybody. That'll, that'll get thrown right. That's not even making it to the hamper. I like the yeah. I like the nice American Apparel 50 poly cotton blends. Well, there you go. That's basically all I wear. I used to wear band shirts, and now I just wear uh, startup shirts. <laughs> what happened to me?
1: Uh I on the other hand I uh, I wear shirts.
0: Yeah. So, uh in conclusion, wrapping this wrapping this don't up. Um the 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 best way that I've ever seen seen it put. And and when I say swag, I don't mean like just sending objects to people. I mean like, uh, relying on that as being like, this is how we were, this is how we're going to continue a positive relationship with our customers, uh, at the exclusion of all the other different ways that you could. So the, the best way that I've seen this concept described is a comment in a blog post by a, uh, a Ms. Beth Dunn, I believe who was a HubSpotter, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, she 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 put it just really really well where she was she compared it to um, like a grand gesture type romance where the your your significant other never takes out the garbage and they're always late to pick up the kids or well I guess that would be that's more like a family thing but like they're they they're late to to meet you on dates and uh, X Y and Z don't really do the nice day to day stuff but then they'll like show up with like a mariachi band under your window or something and, and the the point being that uh, that gets old and the reason that you pick a partner is for the day-to-day stuff. So just do really well by them at that and uh don't don't have to try to save your ass all the time.
1: Right? Yeah. Don't don't buy flowers and chocolates after you screw up just screw up less. Right. Like my man Steve Earl said, like
0: he he calls them doghouse roses. Like when you when <laughs> you're getting stuff at the gas station, like those roses at the gas station. You stop nice. in at a shell at midnight like ooh boy. This guy's buying flowers. Something something went sideways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's more life advice from the yep. Successful Users Podcast.
0: This guy this guy's like, I know I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. I just hope I'm married tomorrow morning when I wake up.
1: <laughs> and not in Las Vegas. <laughs> right.
0: Alright, so Oh, and then I have a very, very quickly. I have a because I can't be totally negative about this. I have a, a very slight oh. do spin on this, where I, I do <laughs> think uh, it's always nice to send out like a nice handwritten note, especially if something screwed up. Maybe there was a a, a, a rough and tumble support ticket that that they just went through. Send them a note. Um, hey, we were thinking about that's you. Like,
1: that's like a whole episode, Samuel. Don't don't step on the potential there.
0: Right. Well, I, I know that you just have the four kinds of swag, so I'm trying to fill.
1: Oh right, yeah, yeah, we are. I, I need to get to work here.
0: All right, so that is my that's my ninety percent don't, ten percent do.
1: All right, nice. So we're on to tip number three. Is that what I'm hearing? Tip. Number three.
2: <laughs> tip number three. All right.
1: Polyester t-shirts. <laughs>
0: The cheaper the better <laughs>
1: <laughs> Beefy teas are too good for me <laughs> all right, so tip number four is uh... <laughs> nah, all right so so real tip number three uh i'm gonna c i'm gonna combine two things you should be doing um because they're kind of in the same vein, and it's you need to learn from both cancellations and from purchases uh It'll have a really big impact on how you position things and being able to retain customers and understanding why they leave and why they buy. Um, So we did an early episode one and some bonus stuff on jobs to be done interviews. I think that's an awesome tool for both post cancel and immediately after purchase uh, interviewing and trying to learn some of this stuff. Uh, There's also surveys, Uh, there's some other options I know we mentioned uh, the very excellent uh, cancellations article by Garrett Diamond previously oh. from, from Sifter. Yep. Uh, good stuff there. Um, so yeah, the it's a it's a briefer tip, not as muddled, but uh, learn from cancellations and purchases, and I think it'll it'll set you up right. Very
0: snappy. I for one am relieved that uh, that one uh, that that tip went really well, Robert.
1: Yeah, I know. I, the first two were a struggle, but I I believe in tip number four.
2: <laughs> tip number four.
1: So here's a here's a here's a big
0: a big do one hundred percent do on this one big time. My recommendation? Well, actually, I guess it's actually a don't because I was just about to <laughs> I was just I was just to be like, all right, so my do is don't do this. So I guess it's a don't. Do not. Yeah. <laughs> Do avoid, uh, no, so it's, uh, it's don't try to save it, like try to, or do try to, to maintain a positive relationship, uh, before it goes sideways. So don't rely on your, uh, customer saving efforts, um, when it's probably already too late, i.e. when they canceled perhaps, or something like that. Not to say that you shouldn't find out why do, why people canceled, but you're really kind of getting that information so you can then prevent others from canceling more so than relying on that as your, your primary way to win them back.
1: I agree, but depending on the reasons people are leaving, giving them a positive impression on exit can lead to some of them coming back.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm, I'm saying it's th- that it's better to uh, a stitch in time saves nine, as they say. An ounce, yeah, of, pre- no. an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure as as my yeah. good friend benjamin franklin said
1: i i agree 100% uh, but I've, i'm getting a little
0: I've, a little uh, little up, upward inflection at the end of that one sounds like a sounds like if there's a butt coming
1: no there's no there's no butt coming oh. uh, i i worked for for quite a while on uh, on some things related to this and i i think this is the right perspective to take uh, and yeah i've I've done uh, I've done a lot on on that and also on uh, coming at it from the other way and trying to trying to save people and it's really difficult uh, and I don't think it's the best use of resources. Right. So, so I'll yeah. put
0: this. I'll, I'll, let me put it in a in a in a tweetable fashion. Churn is a trailing indicator of customers no longer receiving value in your product.
1: I don't know if that's really that tweetable. But Customer I'm... cancellations
0: are a, <laughs> <I know. laughs> but yeah, but when they cancel, if they cancel, it's because they've they they you lost them before they canceled. Let me put it that way. So figure out what are those indications of yeah. when somebody's at risk, and then be opportunistic at that time as opposed to trying to do even more work to bring people back after they've already left.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the opposite of the Jerry Maguire you had me at hello. It's like oh, you lost me at this form.
0: Yeah. Tip number five.
1: Tip number five. I guess that makes it my turn. I'm not sure how I feel about that because uh, I don't feel like this mug thing is going to pass muster again. Not <laughs> even a funny joke now. Yeah,
0: you could just do uh, polyester <laughs> shirts part two.
1: Poly, uh, yeah, polyester hoodies. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, all right, so I don't, I don't think that can make a return on the next tip. So I'm gonna have to come up with a new shtick. Um. Uh, so this one is going to connect to my first one, uh, and I think it's going to be fairly brief. But the concept here is is the first one was to measure the initial value and make sure people got to uh, something meaningful as quickly as possible, and that the path there was you know as low friction as it could be. Um, and now this one is to measure that the people are getting that same value over time. Uh, so different products are going to have different. You know actions that are that are meaningful and valuable to the users, but there's usually only uh, one or two, maybe three, in a really large system that are that are really high-value tasks that that users get to. Um, and so you should track that users both come back and that they're able to return and do those meaningful tasks over time. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can use this information, both individually and in aggregate, uh, to inject yourself into that process. Um, and I have some tips later about ways, like the best ways to inject yourself in there when you see some problems or changes.
0: All right. I think, I think it's time for the lightning round. Cause we are, we, we have dallied a bit in this episode.
1: Oh. Well, I have nothing but shame. Well, so
0: tip number six, if I may, Unless are you? Did we did we cover five? It sounded like you were saying five was sort of to be continued.
1: Uh, well, in other tips,
0: in other tips, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So don't don't think this is the last you've seen of this tip. Exactly. All right. So tip number six.
1: (laughs) Tip number six.
0: Uh, don't lose people to expiring credit cards unnecessarily. That's that's there. There are ways to prevent credit cards becoming expired and then once again then you have to try to save them and then it's more work for them because like oh well i guess our account's already done maybe that's all we should do so just uh be be once again with the proactive thing not only make sure proactively that they're continuing to receive value but proactively make sure that you're going to continue to receive a viable credit card uh at all times specifically yeah, find out like a great. couple months ahead of time reach out hey it looks like your credit card's about to expire
1: yeah yeah, in general have you know, have a a full process around that dunning process.
0: Yeah, dunning, exactly.
1: Boom. Tighten that up. That's tweetable. Dunning. Period. Yeah. Successful users. Hashtag. <laughs> Are we okay, this is a lightning round, so we need to get serious. Is this tip tip number seven? Tip number seven. Tip number seven. Uh connecting back to measuring value over time is uh, when you need to uh, send people emails, so you can do this uh, semi-manually. You can do this using, you know, automation software, email marketing software. Um, but when people sort of fall off the path, uh, make sure that they know they can reach out to you and you know receive some some help, uh, and also point them in the direction of the next thing they need to do. Show them where they came from and where they're going. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you just want to prod people along, make sure they're aware of, uh, of sort of the whole context of, of what's going on and, and maybe reinforce the value that they get at the end of the rainbow.
0: So uh, that's, that's dangerously close to one of my tips, maybe, maybe um. even identical. So I'll, I'll just pitch in on, on this one. Uh, well,
1: since you're feeling sour today, why don't you just make yours a don't?
0: No, this one's definitely a do. All right, fine. It's uh, But I'll just piggyback on yours. Uh, tell people how, how, much, how successful you're making them. Like, send out uh, regular yeah. emails. Hey, by the way, this month, your email list grew 150%, so you can thank us later. Or... You saved this many hours on project (laughs) management, or you made this much money you otherwise wouldn't have. Any way that you can surface those success statistics, especially in ongoing email form, you set that thing up once, you're just just raking in the dough afterwards.
1: Yeah, swimming pools filled with money.
0: Scrooge a McDuck. (laughs) All right, so Uh, tip number number eight. eight? Do that thing. Tip number eight.
2: <laughs> tip number eight.
0: This is kind of a weird one, but I wanted to throw it out there. Right. A little bit weird. And I can't say that it gets my fullest recommendation because I haven't actually experienced it like in action and working. But I really like the idea right. of it, so I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, weird. So oh, this is my uh, weird tip of the week. Totally made up. Here we go. Yep. Uh, what if you created a customer mentorship program? So you've got some really high-performing customers. They love it. They'll they'll bend over backwards for you. Go to the ends of the earth. They are what what you might call brand ambassadors or evangelists. So what you do is when you have new people sign up, especially if you're segmenting said people, a la Roberts Tip Number One B, and then introduce those people, the higher the higher potential ones, to your VIP customers and say, look, if you got any questions, you can come to us. Of course you can always come to us. But if you want to talk to somebody who's who's in the trenches and is doing pretty well, they've they've agreed to be, you know, contactable. I think that's a wonderful a wonderful approach. I've heard of people doing it. I don't know how it's worked out for them, but that's my weird tip of the week.
1: Nice. I know uh so I, I read a book from Mark Benioff, uh, I think it's Beyond the Cloud or something like that. Um, the, the first half or so of it was really great, and one of the things that they did at Salesforce was not exactly what you're talking about, but they had events uh, where they would get small groups of customers together, uh, and it would be part like, long-time, highly invested, energetic customers, and part either prospective or fairly new customers, and they just, like, wanted them to connect and get more value out of the app by talking to each other and knowing each other.
0: Yeah. There you go. So, but, And that was actually in person?
1: It was, yeah. Well, there I you guess, go. I guess that's kind of a scale thing, but, yeah.
0: yeah. Like a powwow. Yeah.
1: They they did a lot of that stuff, like local events and stuff. It was, It's kind of interesting.
0: Hmm. Oh, all right. So. What? Oh. What's this? What's this thing over here? Oh, it's tip number nine.
1: <laughs> tip number nine. Number nine. All right. So my number nine is to add a personal touch to the to the things that you do. Um, so this is not sending out swag, but uh, I have a couple examples. So uh, my my friend Brennan Dunn, I know with PlanScope.io, some project management software. He does uh, like a very personal onboarding process, so you actually get some some time with with him, the founder uh, a lot of times when you when you jump on the app and uh, I think that's just really powerful. I think it lets him learn a whole lot from his customers and I think people feel special and get the value much sooner um, big friction reducer all that um, and my other example is uh is Rob Walling's Drip, uh, I kind of beat on some of the same examples a lot, but I thought it's a it's a great example of uh, a personal touch, so it doesn't have to be your time necessarily, so what they did uh, originally they were gonna charge for it, but then they decided not to uh, when you sign up, the the original sort of value prop for Drip was that it would send out these Drip email campaigns and they created a thing where it's a concierge service you just if you give them a little bit of content like a book or some blog posts they'll generate your your sequence for you um, and i think that really reduces the time to people you know sending that stuff out and actually getting some value from the the software so those are the types of things where you can really like really reach out and inject yourself into the customer's success in a personal way and i think that's pretty powerful even when it's automated
0: so, a point of clarification, or uh, well, no, a, a clarifying question is how I guess is what the what this is. Uh, so, like in Rob's case, well, I guess in both cases, really, it's what you might call concierge onboarding, right? You're helping people get set up.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the but, concierge. Well, let me let me finish. Uh, that
0: was uh, that was just the setup to my question. So, okay. but but so your recommendation from a retention standpoint is is to just keep doing it on an ongoing basis.
1: Uh, yeah, I think. Well, and I was going to point out that I don't I don't see any anything holding drip back from providing that service on an ongoing basis, right?
0: I'm j- just I I guess not. It's it seemed like that was something where it's like, I mean, because kind of the value proposition for drip is create a drip campaign, and then it's done and then you get to run with it. But I sure. guess if you ever needed to make another one or something like that, or if you wanted to AB test right.
1: it. Yeah. Or if you had multiple lists or different segments, all that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Well, I, I, I like, I'm, I'm you, you cosigning big time on the, on the personal touch thing. So making, I, you know, one term that I like uh, that I, I do like, and I liked a lot at first, but it's starting to feel a little overused is the do things that don't scale. Like there's just something magical about one, two, five, those five words all put together. People love saying do things that don't scale.
1: I think it's just kind of a backlash to, you know, everyone complaining for a long time that, you know, this and that don't scale. And it just became like a rote thing. Whatever, whatever you talked about, someone would be like, well, that won't scale. Yeah. Still. So.
0: So this is that's how you that's how you step uh, the sidestep that cri- criticism. You are not keeping me down.
1: Do things yeah, that don't you scale. You creating a, a cultural phenomenon around doing things that don't scale.
0: Right. All right. Well, excuse me for for throwing a monkey wrench in all of our momentum there, but uh, I, I I thought that was an interesting spin on it.
1: No, it's I think it's a good point. Uh, but I see something in the distance, huh? and it looks a what? lot like. Huh?
2: Tip number number ten.
0: And this one is a do. It's a it's a soft do. It's a philosophical do. It's not a (laughs) it's not a tactic, but it's a recommendation. Um, as far as like your customer success or customer retention efforts are concerned, and the and the way that you are um, measuring them or or what kind of goals you're setting, outcomes that you're hoping for, so on and so forth. My recommendation is to, and this is not my own invention, but I like the phrase and the concept negative churn, which is basically to say that when somebody becomes a customer, you're, well, so people become customers and as a fact of life, you're going to lose customers no matter how great your product is. Which is like sometimes it's because they're like, yeah, we're... Our company went out of business, so we cannot continue yeah. being customers. Or somebody whoever set it up at their company got a different job and they have to shut the account down or whatever. So that's just the no it's it's no matter what you do, there's going to be some churn. But the idea is that you're providing such great ongoing ramping up value that the amount of people who upgrade to a higher paying plan more than offset the people who downgrade and or cancel entirely so instead of having churn which is siphoning uh, your growth out afterward like kind of like a leaky boat so to speak well that's probably not the best example but um, a leaky bucket I guess you could say that you have to keep filling uh, in this case it's I don't know what would you describe it I guess you've like rammed a hose up inside the bucket from underneath
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let you keep going
0: yeah So that's, that, no that's basically it so, uh, so yeah. Uh, if you strive for negative churn, I don't know how many companies ever get there, but it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like uh, you know shoot for the moon, and then where you wind up might be further than if you were realistic with your goal.
1: Yeah.
0: Or maybe I'm willfully naive, and a lot of people have negative churn, but that seems like it like you would just be
1: yeah, I minting I think money. That's, yeah, I don't think that happens much.
0: So that's tip number ten. So. Shall we shall we uh, put ourselves on the on the high wire act and see if
1: we can remember all the tips? I, I believe I can remember at least five of them.
0: It's uh, it's a, it, I'm always a little bit like, all right, here we go. Don't screw up because I, I gotta remember what the order I put them in. You know what I should do is write little numbers on them as I say them because I got my little pad of paper here and then when I'm done, I just cross them out like, oh, I don't have to say that one anymore. Next time, cross right. it out, write a number one. Second one, cross it out, write a number two. But anyway, for those playing along at home, will Samuel remember the order? Only time will tell.
1: (laughs) Take a drink every time he doesn't. Yeah. Tip number one. Uh, Measure the initial value and the path to it.
0: Tip number two. Don't rely on swag as your primary
1: uh, customer retention strategy. Tip number three. Learn from cancellations and purchases.
0: Tip number four. Oh boy, I'm getting nervous. Uh, I think it was be proactive and and the whole uh, cancellations are a trailing indicator thing.
1: All right. Tip number five, uh, measure the value over time. So make sure people are coming back and getting value.
0: Tip number six may have been kind of a follow-on tip to that one, which is uh, don't uh, let credit cards expire unnecessarily.
1: Mm, Yes. Tip number seven, Uh, send emails to get people back on the path uh, to value and get them to come back.
0: Tip number eight. This this one I remember because it was my weird
1: tip of the week. Customer mentors. I like it. Tip number nine, add a personal touch and get involved.
0: Love it. Tip number 10, there can only be one left. Strive
1: for negative churn.
0: Boom. I think I got them all in order. I think I did it.
1: I, you crushed it but yeah. if he didn't someone drop us a line you know mailbag at successful com, and let us know
0: right and if i did then let me know because give me a little pat on the back because come on this is a, a high, wire, high wire act i'm running over here
1: dare i say it's worth five stars
0: you know what if i got all of those right and with Robert's permission, if I got all those right, I will accept five-star reviews just this week.
1: All right. It's limited time. For you a limited it, time. time.
0: Yes. All right. Uh, any any closing closing notes or thoughts there Robert?
1: Uh